Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. Yeah, it's time for number 105. It is your Gitmo Nation audio publication. On once again. This is no agenda. Well, you never guess that the uh, location is still the same because, oh, the connection kind of blows. But we've got the paper towel microphone holder. My name is Adam Curry. And from uh, a northern Silicon Valley, once again, even though I'm sure I'm going to sound like crap on this particular show, I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. <laughs> yeah, it's morning uh, in uh, Gitmo Nation East, I guess, in Europe. That's where it truly is morning. So let's give a shout out to Copper Can, Jim Shaggy, Kenisto. Luis Destia, uh, Dave T, Patrick McMurphy, and uh, Brandon Menk. Why do, we, also, why do they all uh, need a shout Schumann out? Schumann says we're sounding great, which doesn't make any sense. No, because uh, I'm still in the... Well, uh, you are not. We're no, not sounding no. Great. I'm still in the und- undisclosed hotel location, and uh, and somewhere, once again, someone is downloading porn. And I, and I have to say, you know, I'm angry about this connection. This, this is the hour to do it. Yeah, but if I was actually wanting to download porn, I'd really be angry with this connection. You know, it's one thing that the show kind of sounds horrible, but... Nerdy dude's also on the list, but anyway. So, um... Yeah. I just got back from New York. Which is why we're doing the, which is why we're doing this. My arms are tired. Can I, can I just say something that actually is kind of weird, now that I think about it? The reason why we're doing the show right now, this evening, is because uh, I have a board meeting tomorrow. Uh, actually, things went so well early in the week that we don't even have a board meeting tomorrow. I don't even know why we're doing this show at this hour anymore. I forgot to tell you. Sorry. What? Yeah. <laughs> Are you telling me the board meeting's been canceled? Well, no. We did. We had such such great meetings earlier in the week. There was no need for a board meeting. So, but I just realized it now. And I'm like, oh boy, that was kind of dumb. After you were chewing me out for my lousy connection for the last half hour. You now just realized it was. If we're if, doing it now, if that wasn't streaming, did it really happen? Did I really say it? It was streaming because uh, nerdy dude said Twitter whore. Oh, that's right. Well, I guess I guess I did say it then. Anyway, it's uh, no agenda number one oh five, and uh, thank you, John, for uh, for doing the show after flying back from New York because uh, I know that you know. I, of course, I'm the one that sacrifices usually, and in, in this case, it's you, and I know what it takes. It's very, very difficult. Uh, Boo hoo! Um, but I'm. You I can stop to- it now. I'll do it tomorrow. <laughs> no, no. Tomorrow I'm moving. I'm moving tomorrow. I'll be happy not to have to deal with you unless you want to come over and help me with the U-Haul. Uh, this connection is really bad. <laughs> so I, I, you there? Uh, yeah. So I uh, had we had a great day at the office, and I came back, and I was like, you know, I'm just gonna because I I didn't sleep a lot uh, last night. First of all, because I walked into a door in this crappy place. I have a bump on my head that is actually blue. Um, into and in, in, so not into a closed door, but in, you know, one that was open, and I walked right into the into the side of the door. Ow! Oh. I saw actual stars. It was like at you know midnight. It's like oh my god. Um, but then I had a. I walked across the street to this uh, Mexican place, which uh, one of the. Uh, I had a driver who was uh, uh, a Mexican. Mexican, <laughs> and I said, "Oh, look at this!" Because I'm in a very interesting neighborhood here, 
And I said, oh, wow, look at this wonderful place across the street. And he said, no, actually, I've, I've eaten there. It's not bad. And I, and I had a whole huge burrito. And oh, my God. And then I fell asleep after the burrito. This is not good. You know the problem with if, if the problem with Mexican food, especially burritos, uh, which by the way, for people out there, if you look it up on Wikipedia, they have a good discussion of what's called a mission burrito. These are not. Oh man, our connection sucks. Of San Francisco. Hold on, John. Let the connection oh. catch up. I mean, your laugh came like oh, only six seconds after my my burrito story. So. Other burritos. Okay, all right. Uh, so, so people should go to Wikipedia and look up burrito and mission burrito in particular, which is a, an invention in San Francisco of this style of burrito, which is it is become a uh, it's actually a fat, fantastic product, uh, but they're very heavy, and, and the problem is they're so tasty. Especially if you can find a good provider of a mission burrito, you load it up, and especially get the super burrito. Well, they're ugh. so tasty that you can't stop eating you can't them stop and eating you get, it. that's right and you get nauseous and you get really loggy after you do it and you regret it yes well that's they, they didn't advertise it as a mission burrito but it surely and i and i had it with a, no, it a, a corona it's the only burrito we have and the i only had burritos it, we eat and i and i drank a corona with it you know and i'm not a drinker <laughs> <laughs> i was like i'm gonna start speaking mexican and walking backwards in a minute watch out i'm not getting the backwards joke but okay yeah so let me say that we are, John, in the middle, right smack in the middle of the largest mainstream media hoax in history. All right, go. And let me just ask you, who owns the Wall Street Journal these days? Is that Rupert Murdoch? Uh, as far as I know. Well, that makes sense then. This Iran story that, oh, there's all these protests and we have amateur video and Anderson Cooper is telling me that the Iran is slowing down the net. We can barely get any video out. And if you're on YouTube, wear green. Bullshit. I'm calling it bullshit. People have no idea what Iran even looks like. This could be downtown Egypt. <laughs> <laughs> And this, you know, oh, oh, there's a guy who, a protester, and look, he has a welt on his shoulder because he was struck. Yeah. I mean, have you ever seen a protest? The G20 protests in London were 50 times more violent than this. What is going on other than to set us all up for some action that is going to be taken because, oh, this horrible guy, I'm a dinajad, and it, it's, a, it's, it, they didn't count it properly, and ooh, this is, I, I, I can't believe it. Up to the Wall Street Journal, the front page. Recount set as Iran seethes. The only thing I can see that this may have been done for, that it's paying off, is to get the oil price up to the whisper number of $75. This is uh. bull. This is bull. Iran is a modern country. They have iPods and they speak... Uh, Farsi, but you know it's a huge country, and you're seeing like a couple guys on motorcycles, like oh my gosh, and they're killing. They're not even killing protesters. They're like driving well, around on mopeds. There's supposedly twenty dead, at least. Oh, you must have read the Wall Street Journal. No, no, I didn't get it from the journal. I got it from one of the other sources. 
I, 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 this is just okay. You so you think the whole thing is a bogus protest, even though I think there might be some concern because you know this. There well, was no, the protest. The this protest. Kind of, I'm, not, I'm not saying that the protest may not be real or that there's a real protest, but the way this is being brought is like this horrible, scary country is you know it's 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 in complete disarray because there was a complete banana republic election. Bull. I hope you're still there. Yeah, no. Uh, although somebody lost the stream out there. Uh, okay, I mean, let's let's let, let it ride out and see where he has. I think you could be right. There's no question about it. It's, I mean, well, how come I mean, we don't have any journalists there now? There's no journalists. I know they kicked them all out. But they the, the the Daily Show had a had John Stewart had a guy on the back of a moped and they were riding through the streets of Tehran and they were recording it like one big joke. It's not that hard, you know. Oh, but now we can't even get amateur video because the evil government has shut. The, they're slowing down the net, dude. I can't even get a connection out of San Francisco. It proved positive. <laughs> the Iranians slowing down the net. <laughs> My goodness, it, it's just, it's so painfully obvious. And not, we don't actually have a journalist there, yet every single mainstream outlet is, is propagating this BS based upon some amateur video footage. Okay, I've seen protests all over the world that look like that, you know. And by the way, is police in Iranian or Farsi, is that police? Do you spell it the same way? Because I see guys with police on the back of their jacket. Is that how it's spelled well, in Farsi? Well, they have to put that that, that would be good for American TV. Okay. So Thank it's part you. of the set decoration. Exactly. Spelling Entertainment issued them their uniforms. <laughs> you know, even, you know, it's no polizai or anything. It's got, you know, so this is going to the USA. Uh, okay, put on your American uh, police <laughs> costumes. <laughs> exactly. This is so a setup. It, it's, just, it's just so painfully obvious to me. And, and. You know, it's so obvious that the CIA controls all of the mainstream media. Every single guy and 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 gal who's who's on television. It's just it's it, it it's blowing me away. It really, really is. And the fact that people are buying this and people, oh my gosh, it's really bad. Have you been watching the news about Iran? Yeah, it's a YouTube video of a guy on a moped driving through a crowd of people. You know, you at least show me, put a cat on his head that's peeing, and then, you know, then there'll be some humor to the it. The other thing, that, that you, if you're going to take this tact, and by the way, we will be talking about flying saucers shortly. <laughs> yes, of uh, course. Uh, if, if we're going to take this tact, uh, then we have the, the first dead guy, the, the one guy that was found dead, I mean, you know, early on. I think there's a bunch of other dead people, although we don't really have any clue. In uh, other news, 1,000 people died in traffic in the United States. Yeah. So now they haven't been gunning them down. That's no, they haven't. Be I haven't. Nice. I haven't seen. I've seen more violence in Oakland. Hey, by the well, way, you see that any day. By the way, you know, there's at least one dead a day. Speaking of which, John, I had quite an experience, and I'd like to share this with you. And I have a question at the same time. Hold on, I have to get my prop for this. Hold on, don't move. You move. I'm not moving. In fact, uh, let me let me read from the Bible. <laughs> Please. All right, here we go. I have my props. So we were in Palo Alto. Uh, we were uh, visiting with a couple of our board of directors, and for a number of reasons, uh, there was no one. Oh God, I need, I need a, an antacid. Hold on, the burrito is acting up. All right, for a number of reasons, I might we'll just throw up. I'm telling you, oh. that would probably be better. <laughs> 
<laughs> you want them refried beans, beans refried again? For a number of reasons, uh, no one was going back, so I had a choice. Either call a car service um, or um, – and by which, by the way, we just had this whole meeting about how great our burn rate is. Um, and burn rate, for those of you who don't know, is uh, is basically the money that you're burning in the air. It's kind of like flying. So it's the difference between what uh, profit you're not making <laughs> and money you're spending and money that you're receiving. And it's actually quite low because we're doing very well as a company, certainly, in this economy. And we're on the path to profitability. So um, um, our fine friend Lawrence Marks uh, of the Marks Brothers uh, decides that I will take uh, Caltrain back to the city. And I'm nah. like, oh, that's interesting. I'll do that. You know, that's kind of cool. Six bucks. You Shit, can't. It's good for it's good. The price is right. Yeah. And it's a nice bumpy ride. It takes and, forever. Oh, you, and no, it doesn't. It took 35 minutes from Palo Alto. It was the baby bullet, by the way. Oh, the baby bullet. Yeah, okay, and it, well, takes, never uh, taken that. it takes 35 minutes, and you meet lots of interesting friends. But here's what, here's what really killed me. So I go up to the machine to buy my ticket. I've never been on the Caltrain. I typically don't do public transport. And, uh, you know, so first I'm like, my card, you know, the machine is like not reading any of my cards. Okay, so I stick a 10 bucks in and 6 bucks for the ticket. And then, uh, I, you know, your change and ticket will come below, and I hear this. And I'm like, well, I got chipped. I got like four quarters. You got four quarters? No, what I got, that's what I thought. What I got, I have oh, never... Oh, yeah, no, you got those, those dollars. Yes, what Wait, is this? It's like, you're, like, it's you're, like... you're sounding like George Walker Bush when he went to the grocery store and was stunned <laughs> yes. by the scanners. Well, I was stunned because I've never held in my hand a $1 coin, which, by the way, it feels like guilt, you know, that, that chocolate money that... Uh, yeah. That Jewish kids get in the holidays? A piece of crap. <laughs> what is this? Can you spend this anywhere? Can I walk into any store and buy like smokes with yeah. it? And they'll accept yeah. this? Oh, yeah. But how come I've never held no, it? How did you I get never the get gold this? ones or did you get the silver ones? You gold get the gold ones. ones or you gold get the ones. Silver? Yeah, I got gold well, The ones with the Indian on them. Okay. No, George, no, George Washington is on them. I got George. I got a George oh, I Washington. I can't remember. I got a. Hold on. Well, I, let me see. I didn't know there were differences. I got a. I got a George Washington. I got. Here's no. This is a. Uh, who's this dude? They've been trying to foist this on the United States for years. By the way, I got a story from a guy in London once. When they the London uh, when in Britain they dropped a one pound note and they went to coin. Yeah, which which weighs a ton. Dude, listen. I've got like. Hold on, check this out. Are you still there? Oh, man. <sighs> Maybe. No, I actually lost him. Hold on. Let me see if I call him back. Hello? Oh, boy. This is not good. Oh, boy. Yeah. Okay. So this is always what happens uh, with my wonderful setup, and then Skype actually crashes. Okay, let's see if we can uh, reconnect here. Those of you on the stream, enjoy. In fact, I may actually just leave this leave this in the show. It's kind of authentic, don't you think? Uh, oh, excuse me. I'm very quite nauseous now. Ah, oh. oh, this is painful. 
So uh, I, I'm, I do this entire show in this awesome routing manner on my Mac, so it actually like is pretty professional setup. But if the audio connection crashes, well, then you're pretty screwed. Uh, witness what's happening. Okay, let's see if we can get Johnny Boy back on. Hold on. Yeah, hold on. I got to reconnect. I got to re-jack in. Hold on. Don't move. This will be interesting. Shh. Don't jinx it. Be quiet. Okay, you there? Yeah. Okay, good. Nice and sweet. Don't say that. Don't say those things. You're jinxing you, my mom. You invite the boogeyman in. And if, if we're flying in my plane, don't ever say, wow, engine's running great. Don't say these things, you <laughs> dick. So, just, what a superstitious nerd. Okay, so listen, before you get into your, I don't want to talk about the pound. So I've got these dollar coins. On one of them, I've got George Washington. It even sounds fake. Of one of them, I've got James Monroe. Then on mm, the other one, I have this like a chick. Like, uh, it's like, uh, what's her name? Uh, Pocahontas? She looks like Pocahontas. It doesn't even have a name. Liberty. Oh, that's her name. Is that a silver coin or a gold coin? They're all gold? No, one is. I have a silver Liberty. Yeah, those and, are the and, old uh, Susan B. Anthony coins. But I also have a, a gold Liberty. Well, how come does it say Susan B. Anthony? She looks like Pocahontas. I don't know. With the Pocahontas, I thought that was on a gold one. Anyway, so what? Well, I had never seen one, and I, you don't typically get these, I guess, unless you take Caltrain. If you Caltrain. go to the post office and buy stamps in a machine, you get them. If you go to the uh, parking lot over on Mission Street and you give them, well, actually, no, you won't. You get dollars there now. Well, here it but is, There's John. a bunch of places where you get here, these coins. Well, there you go. I live the champagne life. That's why I never do these things. You live the life of a hermit. <laughs> you don't drink champagne. Yes, I do, and it makes me violent. So anyway, I wanted to also call out to Natalie Brown, who who sent us a whole bunch of notes we missed. But meanwhile, Anime, Anime Bites says, Adam is great. Your sound, John, is bad. Yeah, exactly. It's your connection as always. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> so we, um, we got a, a lot of email with great stories this week. And, of course, you know, I can't actually bring up uh links etc <laughs> the uh, irony don't you you should have a little printer and you should print them out in advance yeah but you know i was too busy like sleeping <laughs> passed out from the burrito just a burrito but the most exciting one and i have just not been able to do the homework because there is some dutch video that i have to watch came from <coughs> excuse me <coughs> i need a cough button chris madden Hey guys, uh, as an American married to a Dutch girl living in Holland, the Hema underwear, and, I, and bear with me, okay, because it's not going to be a whole other underwear story, the Hema underwear is quite familiar to me. Tonight I was watching Radar, which I'm familiar with, it's a great show, it's a journalistically fantastic show in, uh, in Holland, this Dutch language consumer report show, they had a segment about nanotechnology and how it has not been tested or regulated yet and the opportunities and potential threats that we might learn about it in the future. Anyway, they're running through a few products. You feel it coming. Wait for it. A few products that have nanotechnology and lo and behold, they say, so onderbroek van de Hema bevat nanodeeltjes. Or in English, also in these underwear from the Hema, you will find nanoparticles. And I'm like, wow, we've got nanotechnology in the HEMA underwear that you and I wear, John. And, and, you know, this could be detrimental to our health. 
what is this nanoparticle supposed to do? <laughs> it's hanging between your legs for 47 years, for Christ's sakes. I'm saying, what is the nanoparticle? What is the point of it? Well, nanotechnology is like, you know. Oh, nanotechnology. <laughs> yes. I'm so scared. Well, you don't know that this is what the whole <laughs> broadcast was about. You know, it could, like, give you, it could be the equivalent of. Uh, this is. Uh, yeah, the equivalent uh, of asbest. what? Asbestos, you know. It could oh, be. yeah. That nano thing, yeah, yeah. Sounds like a like either a hoax or what's the point of it? Where is the where is it exist? Is it in the label? Is it stitched into the fabric? Well, if I had been able and to watch the show, then we would know, wouldn't we? Oh, so basically, it's just a teaser for the next show we do. Exactly. Now you're on to me, baby. Great show on the PBS uh, that I did see last night live. A lot of people have sent me the link on the PBS.org website. Uh, Frontline. Uh, had a, a special on called Breaking the Bank. I actually wanted to call you and tell you to watch it, and of course I realized you were in New York, and I didn't want to disturb you with your hookers. Um, but uh, they, they Wise decision. Yes. Uh, great show. And they really, and, you know, I, I like what Frontline does. They really showed all the inside uh, bits of the Merrill Lynch Bank of America transaction and how Paulson was a part of that. And it, it, it you know what? You don't need a burrito to throw up in your mouth, uh, to, uh, after that show. You're just like, oh my God, this, the, the, this whole thing, the whole system is so corrupt. It's so buddy buddy. You know, and of course today, President Obama announces this new sweeping changes and regulations for the financial industry to protect the little guy. Nice timing, Prez. Mm. And now we're going to get one agency. Now we get one agency that will be the regulator for everything. Gee, that's going to rock. Well, you know, the thing is, uh, I, that, well, I, I'll get to see that front line. Maybe I should watch it and we can talk about it. But that yeah. front line is a great show. Yeah. I don't understand why. The, do you think it's the same producer uh, that does all these shows? Because someone's going to get shot over there. I mean, I'm sorry. Someone's going to commit suicide. Did I lose you again? This is this is this is not good. Yep. Crap almighty. John, your connection sucks. Uh. <laughs> I'm gonna cry. <laughs> I'm telling you it's his connection. It is not mine. I, I'm I'm receiving Skypes from all over the world. Everything works fine. But he's blaming it on my stuff. Let's try it again. <sighs> okay. Hey, see, he's not even online. Did he just go off? See, this is what I mean. And I get blamed for it. <sighs> Maybe I should play a little bit of music for you all while we're, uh, while we're getting that set up. Yeah! And I'm set up and torn out this stage with my own two hands. We've traveled this land back tight in minivans. And all this for the fans, girls, money, and fame. I played their game and had to scream my name. I will show no shame. I live and die for this. And if I come off soft, bitch, you on this. He is actually offline. Devil without a cause. And I'm back with the fever of hats and Ben Davis slack. It's like waiting for Godot. We're waiting for the real Vorak. The chosen one. I'm the living proof with the gift of gas from the city of truth. 
Offline, dude. Yeah, exactly. Hold on a second. Let me uh, jack you in. Let me jack you in. I told you it's your connection. It's not my connection. This is my whole point the entire show, and you're blaming me and my crappy ass hotel. All right. That was pretty funny. What was I talking about? Nothing important. Well, besides that, I don't know. Uh, we had fun, the audience and I. Yeah, we had a, yeah we had a good time because it is clearly your connection that is the problem this evening. I'm telling you this. You don't want to believe me, but it is your problem. Yeah, well, it's not my problem. It's Comcast. You know what? They care. Are you still there? I'm still here. Good. Can you hear me now? Yes. Yes. You keep telling me not to be yakking at you, and you know, and you're, now you're doing it. I'm good now. Hey, a lot of uh, different uh, theories coming through the pipeline about the Airbus crash, uh, Air France 4447. Yeah, what now? Well, the the one I saw just before the burrito uh, put me made me comatose. Now they're saying, now they're saying, oh well, there's clear evidence there was a mid-air breakup. Yeah, well, let me tell you something. If there was a mid-air breakup at forty thousand feet, you're not going to be finding everything and everybody in nice, uh, you know. Oh, he had a broken leg. If, if, if oh yeah, no, there'd be all there'd be and it'd be scattered all for to tarnation. Thousand miles, of course. The one that I like the best, and I hate it all, of course, because it's horrible what's happened. Is um, well, there's two actually, and and a lot of aviators are sending me email, and I'm collecting them, and uh, and we are going to do like a, a eventually a full blown overview of all these different theories from people who actually fly these aircraft, who uh, do maintenance. Uh, here's one, uh, an Airbus engineer, and I'm not going to read the whole thing, um, but there are uh, you know the the initial theory was the pitot tubes froze up. And the pitot tubes are those tubes that stick out that indicate airspeed. And, you know, it, it's like, no. Okay? This stuff is, it, it's, it's just not, it just doesn't make sense, all these dumb theories. But the one I do like was written by a fellow aviator. And let me see if I can find it because it was a great article. And, of course, I will put that in the show notes at uh, noagenda.mevio.com. Uh, of course, I can't find it. 
right off the bat. But you know, the uh, the rudder was found relatively intact. Now the yeah. rudder is uh, in flight. The rudder is actually not used that much, but of course, is a very important piece of the aircraft. Um, you'll recall over New York City, an, an Airbus crashed, and it was because the rudder uh, broke. It broke off. This was, I'm going to say, ninety. Crap, I don't know. Yeah, no, a rudder broke. The, 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 the plane is notorious for the rudder. Yeah, maybe it was 2002. Two, you know, it's, it was about 10 years ago. And it was because the, um, uh, the pilots, or one of the pilots, or the crew, had uh, used so much excessive force uh, during takeoff, because you basically use this uh, during crosswind situations, or if there's a, a lot of... So typically when landing, so you... You, you know, you, uh, you can do a couple things. You can land completely uh, sideways and then correct just before you land. Or if there's not too much crosswind component, you can correct that by stepping on these pedals and then the plane will correct and one, low, one wheel will be low. But, you know, you put one wheel down and then you put the other one down and you're good to go. If the crosswind component is too much, you know, then you either have to go around and find another place to land, or in the Airbus's case, apparently this thing snaps off, and then it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, snaps it's off. a plastic airplane. What can I tell you? So um, the thinking, and I kind of like this theory, is that they may have been in a very, very windy situation during, you know, in this storm, which for some reason they flew into. Not, not the kind, you know, not the kind of thing airmen do typically. Um, and that they may have applied such excessive force or the forces of the wind may have been so excessive that the thing snapped off. And then it would make sense that this plane could have, you know, gone into a just, you know, spiral down, uh, gone to a spin. A number of things can happen. And it, you know, just went straight down to the bottom. Another thing, by the way, if it breaks up in flight, the bodies and debris would be at the surface. You wouldn't be, you know, five miles down. You know, there'd be all kinds of bits and pieces floating all over the place, and they haven't found all that much yet. So, right. You know, so what are you thinking? Um, I'm thinking that this is still the ongoing war between Airbus and Boeing, (laughs) and that they're sabotaging each other and they're just blowing each other to bits. You know, and this all kind of came to a head. Which, by the way, Frontline did not mention any of the uh, the bankers on board the Airbus that ditched in the Hudson. Uh, which, of course, was en route to Bank of America's headquarters uh, on the same day that they had one of these huge meetings with Paulson where, you know, the government was basically controlling the entire banking system and threatening uh, these guys how to, to run their business and what they had to do to save the financial system. Um, and uh, I, think it's an, I think it's a huge war. This is big business. It's one of the last huge industries that's left, and it's between Europe and the United States. And, uh, and this is an ongoing war. It's actual out-and-out war. And it's unfortunate if you have to fly on a, uh, on a Boeing aircraft in the next uh, couple of months because Boeing is next. Mark my words. And John's Comcast connection once again is down. There you go. The war is ongoing. These guys are so... Skype's going to crash again. (sighs) show is actually quite entertaining for me. I don't know what the audience thinks. But this is totally John's connection. So each time that I have to redial, I have to set the output back to... And he's... Yeah, he's completely offline. Um... Well, I don't I don't want to play Kid Rock again. That would be kind of lamerino. So, uh let's see. What can I play for y'all? 
here we go. We'll just uh, grab a song here and play something nice. While we're waiting for John to come back online, could someone please Twitter Comcast Cares and tell him that we care, that their shit doesn't work? Don't say da 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 da. Don't say anything because the audience can't hear you until you're connected in. Hold on. Don't say anything. La di da di da di da di da di da. You know, I gotta do all that routing thing again. Okay, almost there. And okay, the only thing I want to hear you say right now is, "I'm sorry, Adam. It is my connection, not yours." No, it's it's Comcast's fault. My router, I know it's reset twice now. Yeah, but so the whole problem with the entire show has been your connection. Your connection sucks at that place, and you know it. Yeah, but it, 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 it's your connection. <laughs> All right. Okay, so, it's my connection. Thank you. So get used to it. You're going to have to edit the show a little bit. I'm not going to edit a single thing out of this show. I refuse. Yeah, okay, let's just bore people stiff with the dead air. No, it's not. Are you kidding? Dead air? I've had a lot of fun while you were. In fact, the best part of the show was when you're not on it. Okay, well, you know. Keep so anyway, talking, then. the thing that I said is that um, when you dropped off is that uh, it's it's unfortunate if you have to take a Boeing flight in the next two months because Boeing is next. This is all an out war between Airbus and Boeing. It's sheet metal and rivets versus plastic airplanes. The, uh, what do they call it? Uh, scare the scare bus. There you go. Are you still there? Yeah. Okay. Hey, what you got, Johnny? I mean, I got plenty of good stories. No, keep going because you, like you said, you know, it's more interesting with you just yabbering by yourself. Um. Okay. Well, you know, I, I've I've got a, a way out there story if you want one. Okay. Here we go. Um. Scientist in uh, Russia, <laughs> you know, when it starts off like that, it's going to be a zinger, um, are saying they've discovered a critical link 
between the H1N1 influenza, known as the swine flu in the United States, but known as the Mexican flu in the rest of the world. Can't they even get their branding straight? We should consult those guys. Yep. They say that um, there's a link between the H1N1 flu and genetically modified amylopectin potatoes, better known as french fries. And what does this mean? Well, according to the reports, the protease enzyme genetically modified in the potatoes being sold throughout the Western fast food restaurants as French fries, which of course mean it will be in the it'll be the French swine flu, um, causes an, an quote explosive replication of the H1N1 virus by increasing the acidic conditions of the endosome and causing the hemagglutinin protein to rapidly fuse the viral envelope with the vacuolose membrane, thus causing the M2 ion channel to allow protons to move through the viral envelope and acidify the core of the virus, which causes the core to disassemble and release the H1N1's RNA and core proteins into the host cells. That's the way these things work. So what's new? <laughs> what do you mean, what's new? That was new to me. So you're saying, no, so, okay, so if you have this... RNA works, yeah. Yeah, right. RNA virus. So, it's a retrovirus, so the more, So basically the more French fries I don't you know what's got to do with potato. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Oh, so it's a trick. So what they're trying to say, which apparently they're not doing very well, is they're <laughs> trying to say that the, the, the genetically modified French fries... Mm-hmm have some aspect to them, the rep- which is a triggering mechanism yes. to make this virus work better. Or Pro- in other propag- words, you could, so you could, well, you could target it. So in yes. other words, what you're developing is a, is a genetically modified kind of a, a key that yes. if you are ingesting this stuff and you, you come across this virus, boom, you're you get dead. It. You get it. Because and, and if you don't eat these crappy French fries made from these phony bologna potatoes, yes. which, by the way, I didn't know, realize that the fast food restaurants are using GMO potatoes. Oh well, I, I, you know, I think I would, I would think that could be possibility. It, it, it could be a big possibility. And That's why uh, I eat burritos? They'll kill you slower. The burritos will not kill you. They just make you logy. <laughs> yes, that's the word, logy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a very interesting um, bit of data there. Like, I like uh, it. Yeah, there, there is a lot of thought. I mean, in, amongst the, the the writing community for writing stories where you have. Uh, you know these ideas of having these two elements that one if you're if you're doing one thing and then uh, you, you match up with something else you can, in other words you can literally kill off a huge uh, percentage of the population if you can find like like an ethnic group you want to get rid of yeah like the ethnic group Americans who eat French fries which is pretty <laughs> much it is pretty much the entire population yeah well uh, it's those French fries if you get go buy your own uh, russets near you know at the store you're not going to have this problem or you use some other potato you could, maybe that's the reason by the way that there's been for the foodies and the people who are more higher up in the uh, who can afford these things, they they either are now using a Yukon Gold or a Fins. Well, let, let me give you let me give you some more choice. Let me give you some more data points before you go into the foodie vibe. What other country outside of 
the United States, Canada, United Kingdom, and Australia has had a high um, a high level of swine flu cases. Do you know the country? Mexico. Yeah, uh, yeah. but no, Chile. And Chile. 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 Yes. Yeah. So uh, important. Turn down your speakers, you dork. You know, you're just surly today. It's, it's getting a little annoying. It's the uh, burrito. Um, the South American nation of Chile is the only country in the world outside of the United States, Canada, the United Kingdom, and Australia to allow the planting of genetically modified potatoes. That's so, weird. So, and, and they are reporting 1,694 cases of H1N1. This is this is a re- this is a, not a bad little report here, John. Here's what's weird about it. I mean, about the chili thing. Mm-hmm. Why? What do you mean, why? They got to, potatoes came from this area in Peru. You can go to Peruvian uh, mountains, and they grow like thousand, uh, over a thousand varieties of really interesting potatoes. So why would they want why to, they want to eat the modify GMO? anything? Yeah, well, I don't know. I'm, I'm just saying. So you have that you're gonna have show notes and documents that Chile uses genetically modified potatoes? Uh yeah, I have a link to the um it's because of the free trade pact. Hold on, I can oh well, this is not very smart probably of me to go to a well actually it's not my connection that's breaking up. Uh, yeah, I was you couldn't bring up that web page a little while earlier. Here's the that, Office of the United States Trade Representative. After 13 years of bilateral conversations and two of negotiations, the U.S.-Chile Free Trade Agreement entered into force January 1st, 2004. Uh, and this is where uh, this shows that they are uh, allowed to grow these uh, genetically or, or create these genetically modified potatoes. So, this, yeah, there's some data. This is a pretty good, uh, pretty good little uh, report that has some good links in it. Hmm. All right. Well, and, you know, it's a possibility. Uh, well, there's more of the five thousand of the five thousand confirmed and more than one hundred thousand probable cases of swine flu. The average age of infected people is fifteen. Two thirds are younger than eighteen. Makes total sense. Young people potatoes, eating, potatoes, potatoes. Right. Yeah. Well, young people eating lots of French fries. So hey, you know, if ever there was a reason not to eat French fries, besides the fact that the French fries will just kill you by themselves without the swine flu, and you know, lay off. Listen to no agenda. Eat less fries. Live longer. I wonder if it's maybe maybe the whole thing was dreamed up by by a competitor in the fast food business that doesn't <laughs> sell French fries. There was a, a whole documentary on CNBC about uh, McDonald's the other night. It, you know, coincidence? Maybe, maybe. McDonald's makes a lot of money from those French fries. Oh yeah. So. Now it's your turn. That was my homework. What turn? You were like kicking butt, according to yourself. <laughs> okay, then South Park had a great Tourette episode, which I hadn't uh, seen. That was kind of cool. Have you uh, ever seen that one? No, I don't watch South Park unless somebody sends me a video. Where Eric uh, Eric decides that it's cool to have Tourette, because then you can say all these horrible things to the teacher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know someone who, who suffers mildly from Tourette syndrome. That was, you was didn't fun. find this offensive? No, I thought it was hilarious. I loved it. I love that. So it was great. So I guess they were protesting out in front of David Letterman's late show as these, these <sighs> dorks. Are they still going on about the Palin thing? Which I I didn't never actually saw what he said. He nor, didn't say it. Nor have I even a, seen a, the I haven't seen the apology either because I guess he won't give anyone the rights to show it. So they're only talking about it. It's ridiculous. I'm losing a lot of respect for the Republicans on this deal. 
And of course, Bill O'Reilly's all over it, you know, with his. Well, he's got a couple of bimbos that come on the show occasionally. and uh, Who are hot, by the way. They're pretty. Yeah. No, they're hot. They're info bimbos. You I love don't know them. how hot they are. They don't never stand up. They could have the biggest behind. By since, the way, uh, b- before you continue, Aaron Burnett has been doing a lot of remote stuff because uh, you know, of course, I'm on the Pacific time zone. So now, I'm, and now I'm seeing a whole different. I'm not seeing all of the day program programming for CNBC. I'm seeing a lot of the nighttime specials. And now, uh, let me say again, besides the fact that she is a council of foreign relations, a total shill for the, for the evil uh, uberlords who run the world, um, I, I, she's an extremely beautiful woman. She's talented. She's highly yeah, intelligent. Yeah, yeah, get to the point. She's got saddlebags that won't quit. Oh, really? Yeah. Disappointing, no. actually. It's from sitting down too much. Yeah, of course it is. So we'll play the real news jingle. I'll give you something. Okay. Well, you kind of caught me off guard. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, let's hit it. Here we go. And now, back to real news. So it appears, if you watch, look at the front page of the Post, uh, apparently uh, there's this thing, the thing that's really continuing is this Lindsay Lohan <laughs> stealing this $200,000 worth of jewels, they think, or 400000 <laughs> Have you read this story? These no, stories? no, John. I have not read the Lindsay Lohan story. That's your job. I'm the it's one that huge, tries to save people. It's a huge story in dying. Manhattan. Yeah, it's a cosmopolitan town. <laughs> Here's. Let me just read you a. Apparently, let the me story, just read man? you. A, Give us the background. What's happening? This is real news. This is important to our lives. Forget French fries that'll kill you. What is she Lindsay went to Lohan do a photo doing? shoot for Elle magazine, and they. they draped her in some $400,000 jewels, and she she kept thinking it was going to be a freebie for her. They said, no, 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 we want the jewels back. You're getting paid for this gig. And she said, you sure I can't get them? You know, it's like, the, you know, give them, you know, you want to just give them to me. And she went on and on about this, apparently, and she kept harping on it, even though they said, no, no, no. And the next thing you know, they, they turned up missing. And now, they, you know, everyone's, like, worried sick okay, about it. So, now, no. Uh, Apparently, she has a history of this kind of thing. And let me just read you a section of this this, uh, article in The Post. But the incident recalls another allegedly larcenous Lohan incident. Last year, a Manhattan model accused the star of swiping her prized mink jacket after the two crossed paths at the Chelsea Club, One Oak. Maria Masha Markova said she saw Lohan sporting her $11,000 jacket around town after it was stolen. Her lawyer called Lohan's handlers, and then the coat was mysteriously returned. Okay, John. Um, now, i got to give you some background because, as you know, I'm an expert in media. A, a media sexpert is what I am. So what you need to remember is that when Lindsay Lohan was completely strung out, she was drunk and she might have been on coke, before she came out uh, as, a, uh, as a lesbian, she was caught shoplifting, okay? And she, was, she had some kind of kleptomania issues. Um, now, you have to combine that with a very typical media story because these photo shoots, these big fashion photo shoots, always occur with... Huge amounts of jewelry, which are always supplied by, you know, Cartier or someone else who do this for the, for the credit and the photos and for, you know, they appear in, uh, in Elle or Vogue magazine and then rich women look at it and say, Oh, doesn't that look great? I want to go buy these. And 90% of these photo shoots, they make up some bull about the 
the star not returning the pit, the the uh, the jewels just to get the attention and the focus on the jewelry. It's a lie. Now combine those two together with the journalistic integrity of the post, and then you've what? got a stupid story. <laughs> and I can't believe you. I can't believe this is real. I can't news. believe you're insulting me with this shit. And now back to real news. But when she came out that she was lesbian, that was kind of hot. Well, apparently I'm not going to get anywhere with you since you're being an asshole tonight. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. No, I'm just telling you. I'm not being an asshole. Oh, yeah, totally. So, uh... Could you please Twitter if you think I'm an asshole? <laughs> There's our audience. <laughs> yes, you're an asshole. All right, what else we got here? So here's my complaint for the week. Okay. Why do people go on airplanes and then drag their rolly bag down the aisle when it clearly doesn't fit? Oh, and how do they so get away with it? it bounces off the one side to the other. <laughs> bang, bang, bang. They can't get it down the other. They're always looking back, and they hit you if you happen to be, you know, your foot's in the way or something. And you see this constantly, but you have to pick the bag up and carry it down sideways so it fits. Why does this continue forever? People always try to, and they never get, there's like one mile an hour because they keep banging into the seats with this thing. Now, worse than that, why do people wear, instead of carrying them on, they're wearing these huge backpacks. backpacks. <laughs> Wait, can I respond to the rolly thing first? And then that, that goes right along with the backpack. Whenever I, and I, you know, the Toomey bag that I had, which was, you know, the one that I usually schlepped around to the office, which was reasonably yeah, yeah, large. It's, it's, a, it's a big bag. Yeah. So, um, at least four or five times at multiple airports, I'm the guy, because I'm an asshole apparently, who is pulled out and said, I'm sorry, sir, that bag does not fit in our little rack, which is big enough for like an, a, a notepad. You know, the one that is in front of every single check-in counter before you get onto every single plane, your bag must fit into this rack. How come these people get away with it? That's what I don't understand. I don't get away with it. They always do. So I'm sorry. You have to check that bag, sir. It's way too big. And then I see all these dorks walking on with, you know, you're right, with these huge rolly bags. And the backpack, it should be a Federal Aviation Authority regulation. You cannot wear the backpack when boarding the plane because these people then turn around you're sitting there you're reading your magazine and then kunk, you get this backpack in your face why do oh, let's take it to another extreme if we're going to complain about this when did we all start wearing backpacks like pack mules <laughs> yeah these guys are like ever see these guys they, they look like they're going into yosemite to spend a month <laughs> really what's wrong with your hands Carry it, damn it. <laughs> I mean, these beasts. And what do you need all that shit for on the plane for? What do you need that for? What's in there? I think we should, you know, if they're checking for liquids, it should be like, do you need this on the plane? No, oh, we have to throw it out. I'm sorry. You can't have this on the plane. You don't need it. We should throw it out. You're right, John. I think that, you know, it's the reason why is because people want to travel lightly so they don't have to wait. Ooh, horrible. Wait for their luggage. You know, if you're going to go somewhere. Pack a bag, pack a nice, you know, a, a good-looking bag, and put it, you know, check the bag, and put it on the aircraft where it belongs, in the it, hold. 
then we have the one other situation where you have these guys with these big dorky backpacks on and then they they're too big to stuff into the overhead so everybody gets hung up as these guys are trying to force it in and there's like the stewardesses come over they're all pushing and pushing and pushing on this thing and they're trying you know i've seen them where they can't get it in they have to bring the thing down take a few things out and then shove it in there yeah I, how does that fit into that rack since you get call, called well because you know i'm an asshole well uh, that's Beside the point. Which is why I love flying first class if available because when, you know, invariably there's always some guy who's trying to shove his, his commoner, um, steerage backpack into the first class rack and the stewardess says, I'm sorry, sir, this is reserved for first class passengers. You'll have to shove that up your ass somewhere else. I love that. It makes me feel very good and powerful. So anyway, so I flew jet blue. Yeah. I they like, have a new. Like day, have you, you seen the new terminal? No, I love JetBlue though. Big fan. Well, they got a new terminal. They they used to be in Terminal Six, which used to be the uh, TWA terminal. Then it became the United Terminal. Then it became the JetBlue terminal. And then they just basically looks like they're just tearing it down or doing something else because they've created a whole new terminal, Terminal Five. And it's like it's like being in Las Vegas. It's like being in a Las Vegas hotel. Really There's cool. About, there's about five or six or seven gourmet restaurants in there, and that you know you can get stuff to go. That there's actually a sushi bar. <laughs> cool. Which is which is good, it or, right? It's good. I bet. I bet it's, it's ridiculously good. good. And the yeah. guys, these old Japanese guys, and they're obviously. They, they, by the way, if you go to the sushi bar, it's called Deep Blue or something like that. If anybody goes to the sushi bar, get the dragon roll. Mm. It is the most. It's like a, it's a work of art. It's amazing. I, but anyways, I'm, I'm sorry. The sushi bar is really good, but they got a steakhouse, they got a French restaurant, they got all these things, and they have a. Then on the other side, there's like a food court with a whole bunch of the like, you know, like lower end places you can buy stuff to take on the plane, and the whole thing is like jazzy, and it's I, I you know, it's just I, like where that now I know where their money's going, you know, if they're losing money, and now they're flying all over the place. I, well, I think well it's hold their, on a second, you know, that's concessions, you know, these these guys don't. JetBlue is just making the terminal; they're not they're not running the sushi joint, you know. They're just, no. they're just uh, renting out the space. I think it's brilliant. I think the concept of EasyJet uh, is is equally as good. I love JetBlue. I, I I love the space they provide. I love the fact that you can sit there and zone out on uh, satellite television, which is better than sleeping pills. Um, and, you know, I I can't wait to try out their terminal. I really love the whole concept of these one class airlines. The only thing they should do is they should, you know, the people who try to stuff the backpacks and the big wheelie bags, they should eliminate them, and then it would be absolutely perfect. I like the uh, the, the the TV on the JetBlue too. It's fabulous. Uh, that knocked me out three times on the flight over. Yeah, it's it's better than hypnotic I sleeping wake up, pills. What the heck? I was watching <laughs> Top Chef. Damn. That's what I mean. It's great. You fall asleep. It's like I'm so bored. Uh, I'm going out. I'm going under. Change the channel. And by the way, you notice that Virgin America. Who, uh, whenever I have to go to L.A., I fly, um, and they have a, a Virgin America. They have a first class, which is ridiculous to even purchase that ticket. But the, when you che- when you um, buy your ticket, and it's kind of a low you know low cost airline, and first of all, they cast their uh, flight attendants. They're beautiful. They're sexy, and and then the girls are cute too. Um, you can actually purchase for an additional thirty dollars an extra leg space with complimentary food and drinks. The only problem on Virgin America is the license for the TV channels, uh, JetBlue covered all of that. So Virgin 
has really poor uh, selection of uh, in-seat live video because I guess they couldn't get the direct TV or whatever it is they wanted to get. Well, you know, if you ch- if you check in when you check in with Virgin uh, America at the la- you go to the gate the last minute or you go to the the front counter and you say, are there any first class seat upgrades? And they're fifty bucks flat rate. Oh, really? But they only have four first class seats, don't they? Yeah, but often there's one open. I've, I've cool. hit that upgrade two or three times. Cool, cool. Hey, John. Uh, speaking of such, uh, fifty bucks is a perfect amount of money. Um, I think it's a great use of funds that people send to the show because we work very, very hard. We fly JetBlue, we fly Virgin America, we fly along with the backpackers. Um, if you donate some money to the show, then we can get a, an upgrade, and and that would be highly appreciated. Do we have any people who have donated this week? Well, I just got in. I just flew in, so I don't have my list. So I'm have to go to the the list on Sunday. Would you uh, please actually do it then? Because this is what you said last Sunday. I well, yeah. No, I realized that I I I made a mistake here, and I also teased a couple of things we didn't never got to because I can't remember what they are. I just walked in the door. So um, anyway, the, yeah. If anybody uh, wants to, by the way, we're getting a lot of people, not a lot, but a few that are uh, sending a. Uh, they're canceling their $2 subscription and they're sending an apology note and sending actual more money as a one-shot donation. I guess that's good, because right? Because it's, it's, well, it's better, yeah, because we, they, they really nick us for those $2. Yeah, so you PayPal, you mean. Yeah, PayPal. Right. Okay, Which, no, that's good. We so. have to find some alternative money collections. But anyway, go to noagendalibrary.com or dvorak.org slash na, dvorak.org slash na, and give us a hand. Because so, this is a publicly supported show, and I know a lot of people listen to it, and they like the one hour you know, because it's a drive time thing. They like to get more of it, and uh, we will do more if we get you know, more uh, uh, income. Yeah, because it is time consuming, and you know, you're, you're, I had to wake you up to after get you a burrito to the tonight. After your burrito <laughs> and comatose, and 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 the microphone stand is still the uh, the paper towel holder. Uh, what's kind of uh, interesting to note is that I'm down to uh, the last three or four sheets. So now it's really desperate. The microphone stand is wilting away before my very eyes. Please send Are you us telling money. me this is an active paper towel holder? Yes, with it's paper being, towels it's being, on it's being it. You, yes, here. In fact, I'll. <laughs> now I have one sheet left, <laughs> and I'm using it for. Uh... Yeah, I, I closed the mic while I did that. No, you didn't. Well, I, I faded it down so you could get a little bit of the effect. Because oh. I still have swine flu. Yeah, swine flu. But stop eating French fries, uh, dude. Uh, I'm buying. That's... By the way, I'm buying into the French fry theory. Yeah, I'm with you, and I'm going to stop eating French fries. I, I think it's. Uh, and I let's let's do a test of the uh, couple hundred thousand people who listen to the show. Let's stop eating French fries. Let's see if no, we, we can... should do an A B comparison. We should mm. have some people. Yes, do eat lots McDonald's of French fries. French fries. Yeah, see if they get sick. And see if they get sick, and they should report back. So we should have three groups, because uh, we need a control group. We'll have to have people who eat French fries, people who don't, and people who eat burritos. And let's see who gets sicker. We could do a, an A-B comparison, because I don't think all the potatoes... Like, I, for example, I'm not sure that the In-N-Out burger uses these... Uh, the GMOs? Yeah. Mainly because you know, the, there's you know, the potatoes... You know, the potatoes that... You get in a real place that actually makes French fries from real potatoes. There's there's always the occasionally you know you have there's black things and there's all kinds of uh, eyes and things you got to be yeah. There's like real, real potatoes. Yeah, 
So the title of the show should be The French Fry Connection, I guess? The French Fry Connection. That's a good one. It's good, isn't it? We always forget yeah. We always forget to name the title of the show, and John and I talk for five or ten minutes after the show, and then we hang up, and then, of course, John immediately is off offline doing something much more important. I could ever find him. And I like, go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> what should we call the show? What should we call the show? And I'm waiting for hours for him to confirm. Cause the I don't, French Fry Connection is a good, good, a good title. One. Okay, we'll name it that. Although, it's, I don't know if it's SEO-friendly. Yeah, well, it doesn't matter. I think if you titled the show Lindsay Lohan, you'd get more <laughs> hits. <laughs> Gee, you think? <laughs> All right. Uh, we are kind of at the 60-minute mark, so if you want to... We uh, are? Yeah, man. Well, yeah. Well, I teased something the last time. What was it? I can't remember. Um, I, let me see, because I'm taking I notes. I have stuff, a, and then not you know people get irked because well, they I know I, they wait and wait and wait to tune well, in for the tease. I'm going to write down now. First of all, we're going to do French fry connection. I do have some one last story because I have a, I have a, I'm now taking notes as part of the new me. Uh, French fry connection, a B group, and uh, I'm going to write down donate donation list because you'll forget again and you'll tease it again. And you won't do it. Um, no, I will. Uh, I had an email conversation, and I'm going to bring it up right now, with uh, one of our producers, Martin. I'm going to presume he's Dutch. It's a fine Dutch name. And uh, where is it? No agenda bet reminder. Okay. What's the bet? Uh, Adam, I'm sending this email to remind you and John about a bet you guys made in a previous No Agenda show. I don't remember the episode number. He, by the way, is uh, now looking for it. You made a bet that the world would look, how the world would look a half year after the Obama White House administration. Uh, the 10th of June was the deadline of this bet. I'm pretty curious how you and John will decide who won this bet and why. So uh, I went back and forth. He said, did some searching. The bet was discussed in No Agenda number 61, uh, titled One Big Ponzi Scheme, around 59 minutes into the show. In short, John believed that the world would be pretty happy under the Obama regime, and you thought it wouldn't exactly be a, quote, happy time because of Afghanistan, economics, and so on. Um, so you want to call it, Johnny Boy? Yeah, I won. <laughs> Have another French fry. People are. This is the the Dow is at eighty four hundred. Uh, everyone's freaking out. We've got uh, Iran uh, exploding and uh, in complete disarray. We've got French fries killing us. We've got healthcare being cut by three hundred billion dollars. People are happy. Happy. You're you an say? alarmist. No, I'm just a realist. You lose the bet. You lose. I can't remember what we bet for, but you lose. You come on, admit no, it, don't dude. Don't lose the bet. Admit, the bet. admit exactly. it. You lose the bet. Admit the, it. The, what I describe you're welching, is exactly you're welching, the situation in which we are in. You're welching on the bet. I can't believe you. I'm not welching on any bet. I won the bet. How can, how can you say that people are happier right now? They've never been so messed up and angry and, and afraid. The way everyone I see is happy as a clam. All right, you're so, happy. You're a happy guy. You had a burrito. <laughs> so how do we uh, how do we determine? We have, who, I want to hear the, the show. We get a clip from it, and we'll listen to it, and then we'll let the users decide. You mean the listeners and producers? They're not users. They're not on crack. 
The users. <laughs> the users. You're, you're such a... We had an investor in the office today. This was really funny, John. This is um, Jonathan... Oh, I wish I had his card I left at the office. One of these guys who made like a billion dollars on eBay or something or like that. And, you know, very, very nice guy. Um, you know, soft-spoken, um, you know, kind of very extremely intelligent. God, I wish I remember his last name. Yeah, yeah. What story? Hold on. I'm going to look for his name. I have it in my uh, in my calendar. I'll tell you exactly who it was. Um, it was Jonathan Fram. You ever heard of him? Uh, I think he does oil filters. <laughs> he's uh, the, the firm he's with now is Maveron LLC. Great, nice guy, you know, and he's invested in a couple things. And it was an introduction through Jennifer Cooper, who was working with us now. I'm like, oh, we'll meet this guy. That's interesting. Yeah, we. I don't think to know all these details. Well, you know, I'm Get just to saying. the story. Okay. And um, I forgot what I was going to say. Ah! <laughs> I really did. Well, uh, it, what was it in reference to? I have, oh, okay. I have, oh, no, I no, 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 no. I got it. I remember. I remember. I remember. And, uh, and so we show him, uh, you know, we're showing him some stuff and it showed the Tech 5 Top 5. He's like, why the hell is Dvorak on this, on your network? Why does he want to work for you? <laughs> Like, I know John Dvorak. Sure, I know him. Why? How did you get him? Why would he want to be on this place? I was like, okay, Jonathan, thanks for coming. <laughs> uh, That's cute. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway. I think uh, we should end on a high note. Yeah, well, I'm sure he'll appreciate this anecdote. Uh, I can't think of anything else. No, that's good. Uh, no, we're, we're, we're I'll well tell you, the people in New York, York were a little surly. Uh, oh, once again, proof I win the bet. No, no, just, I'm just, just New Yorkers. That's oh. the way they are. Oh, okay. And uh, they, But they seem to have lost their sense of humor in that town. And, and I don't know. That I found that the whole uh, New York thing is, is... I think New York's over. Well, uh, there you go. I, I I was there. I'm going there for Thursday. I'm very Good. excited. Yeah, live it up. Yeah, <laughs> I'll bet you'll arrive at uh, at Liberty Airport. That's Newark to you and I. And there'll be signs saying Dvorak, get out of here. Well, I'm probably more likely to say Letterman quit or something like that. But hey, coming to you from uh, this crappy bandwidth situation for the last time in San Francisco. I'm Adam we Curry. Hope. And uh, from the dark confines of uh, northern Silicon Valley, I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll talk to you again on Sunday right here on No Agenda.